Does Tennessee Titans talk? It's a W. All I can say is I miss Tennessee Titans football as frustrating as it can be. <laughs> well, you know what? We found a way to win. Frustrating is playing a game like that and losing. Those well, guys in the fourth quarter, they were totally winded. That mile-high air is for real, and they found a way to win it. And the kicking thing, I don't know if, boy, it's really not pretty. Let's start with that. Today, it looks like Vrabel is positioning to where we're going to see more of Gostowski. Landon, are you buying that? I think so. From what I can gather, Gostkowski was entirely mental. It was nothing physical. That Vrabel still trusts him in the end. They grinded out the clock. Like Gostowski take a sub-30 yarder when he already missed a PAT. So I think if Vrabel was out the door on Gostkowski, he wouldn't have trusted the game at the end. Well, but Lane, what else is he going to do? <laughs> I mean, you know, Go we're down that situation. Yeah, but we're down in that situation with not, you know, not, not not a whole ton of time on the clock, and you know we've got the the sticks against us. It's just, I mean, you have to kick it. We we've seen Vrabel make bullish calls before, but you know you don't want to start the season zero and one on a on a call like that. I think the bullish call was to believe in Gostowski there, a guy that, that he's known for a long time, and and it and it worked right. As far as what they do with him moving forward, I think uh, yeah we may see him next Sunday, but he's definitely got a short leash. Maybe you just had to knock off the rust and the middle stuff. Or, or I don't know, the guy had a pretty bad injury. We'll, we'll see. Speaking of injuries, uh, we missed Adoree Jackson last night, John. Sure did. As much as we missed him, it gave Christian Fulton a really good opportunity to shine. And, you know, obviously he's got some rust. Um, and he's going to have to catch up to the NFL game pretty quick. But I think he'll do that. And we also saw a lot of action from Chris Jackson. Rookie seventh-round guy, I mean, he – he, he hung in there. He played 59% of the snaps. I mean, you know, there's not much else you can really ask for from a guy like that. Fulton actually had fewer snaps. Fulton was in there for 41% of the defensive plays. Um, so I think that really speaks highly to Chris Jackson. And I know that Kevin Byard glowing praises for Chris Jackson throughout camp. John makes a good point, Landon. How would you grade the two rookie cornerbacks who were forced into action last night? I think I would give Chris Jackson a B. There's some PFF coverage stats that Locke was 0 for 3 on targeting Jerry Judy against him, though Judy had one drop. And for pick 243 out of Marshall in a truncated offseason, that was really impressive. I thought Byard was just hyping him up because he was such a late-round pick, but he's just hyping him up as an actually valuable contributor. Yeah, I mean, Jackson we knew was tough. I mean, he came from Marshall, but he started like 50 games. Uh, John, is this the next John Robinson uh bargain find i don't want to jinx it but it very well could be we talked right after the draft i always kind of like uh guys from marshall there's just a toughness uh, about those guys you know with that the school tradition and you know playing in the mac you know it 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 could be something landon what did you think of christian fulton fulton didn't really pop on the screen at all for me good or bad which for defensive back there are worse things my only question is he's certainly more talented and he's bigger than Chris Jackson, why was he playing less snaps? Was that just game script? Is Chris Jackson more NFL-ready and full needs to needs time to develop? But other than that, I thought both of them had decent games. Drew Locke, after a monster first half, he didn't really kill us in the second half. Continue our trend of amazing defensive adjustments at halftime. Guys, we talked a lot about – our fan base has talked a lot about what running back would get carries besides Henry. No running back got a carry last night besides Henry. <laughs> Did that surprise you guys at all, Landon? Not at all. Even with 
a great Broncos run defense. You just gotta feed, you just gotta feed the king, and that's what we did. We lined up Johnny Smith in there a few times, but we never actually gave him the ball. He was just a decoy for play action. But hopefully, Darrington Evans gets healthy next week. Derrick Henry right now is on pace for 480 carries, which would be an all-time record. And I don't think he'd be happy about that by the end of the season. Uh, yeah. Derrick Henry, I'd say gutsy performance. Uh, I think we'll have a lot of casual fans. Oh, what happened? If, I mean, just kind of an abbreviated training camp. No preseason. I know he wouldn't have played a lot. But just playing at 930 at night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, 6,000 feet up. I thought it was a pretty valiant performance by Henry, although it obviously wasn't vintage Henry. Or, or tend to disagree that it wasn't vintage Henry because we saw in the, the second half, you and I were sitting there and he was starting to do Henry things where he's moving the pile ahead for, you know, a, a nine yard gain on a seven yard run. And he's getting those extra yards by just pushing his feet. If you were watching the game, it didn't feel like Henry was doing his thing because he didn't have a lot of running room. Um, and he just didn't do things the way he did. He normally takes those zones or those sweeps and he just goes out to the to the outside and he just starts stiff-arming cornerbacks. And that's kind of what we see, right? And, you know, they were loading the box almost all night against him. He still managed 116 yards. And like you said, playing at mile high is no joke. I, I think he had a really great performance. Obviously, we would have liked more bigger, more chunk plays from him and, you know, bigger runs. But like like you said, Week one, I think it was a really gutsy performance. I think he did great. That's a good segue, Landon, because uh, I'm not going to say our offensive line played poorly. Another gutsy performance, but you could see the lack of push on that right side. We're going to miss that until we find a way. Uh, nobody likes Dennis Kelly more than me, but he's a true uh, meant to be a swing tackle. I think he might be a better left than right tackle. I will say Football Outsiders released their week one rankings for offensive line. We were 11th, partially because yeah. Denver's run defense is probably top five in the NFL. And pass blocking, we ended up fifth. Yeah, it was the run blocking that I think that we've got to improve on. I think it's really just a lack of chemistry and time to gel because Dennis Kelly, Nate Davis, they didn't play a snap together last year, even when Kelly was playing left tackle, not right tackle. And we saw with Lawan and Saffold, chemistry with guys next to each other can be an underrated thing. And once they start clicking, then you see the benefits of having a great offensive line. Yeah, I expect it to improve. The Titans did not register a sack last night, uh, but I liked the pressure in instances. Yeah, no, I, I loved what I saw on defense, especially, uh, you know, when we had a bunch of guys hurt. We didn't – we had some guys that we were counting on that didn't dress. Uh, you know, I was really excited to see Derek Roberson. He didn't dress due to an injury. We didn't see Vic Beasley, but I've seen a lot of – hate on Jadavian Clowney on social media. And honestly, I think Clowney is worth every penny that we paid for him. I mean, you were able to see it from snap one. He was in the backfield almost every play, and he was giving Drew Locke fits. He was checking everywhere. He was uh, on the field at every, every single moment. So I hope that fans listening, I hope you're not drinking the Kool-Aid and thinking that he, Clowney was a waste because me personally, oh, no. I think he was incredible. I mean, if you watch the game yeah. and you watch every play like we do. He and Simmons were the two best uh, oh, easily. that we had. And he got after people. He didn't register a sack. It really impressed me that he was that ready to go, Landon, after eight days. Yeah, he ended up playing 80% of the snaps after wow. pretty much <laughs> just taking a vacation over the summer in Mile High, which impressive. He said himself, yeah, I need to work on my conditioning. But I thought he was pretty good. We, we would have probably lost without him. Because it was Harold Landry and 
I don't even know who our third guy was behind Clowney. And just what you said about Jeffrey Simmons, he was the player of the game for me. He just he yeah. was swallowing up yep. the entire team in the entire middle of the offensive line. And that, on that fourth down stop, he just blasts through their center into stone walls. Melvin Gordon keeps keeps Denver from scoring and just slips the momentum. John, I love it. And Simmons is going to be that next classic guy who I don't know when they show him on TV. He looks like his shoulders are about to eat his shoulder pads. And he's just a freaking beast. And I just love every second of it. Yeah, he, he really is a, a pure specimen to watch. And I'm so excited we get to watch a full season of him in a sophomore campaign that should see him be even better than he's been than, than we got to see him last year. And I remember when we were all at the game and he was in there for the first time, he was just standing people up and we were just going nuts. So now we get a full season of that and we get to see some progression from him and Vrabel working with him and hopefully a lot better defensive pieces on the outside so that'll be something to watch too he's going to get a full rotation he is going to be a monster and i am you know i was very critical when we drafted him because i I don't you know it's hard to do it take a guy with an injury right so that's tough for me but i'm so happy we did yeah it was a lot of foresight and it makes a lot of sense because the guy's going to be potentially a really big difference maker Corey davis the first three seasons of his uh, NFL career, we didn't see him in space a lot. When he did big things, we saw him go up and get a catch over somebody or, you know, in tight coverage. Uh, Arthur Smith and company found a way to get him in space last night, didn't they? Oh, for sure. And he busted out a Derrick Henry stiff arm, which is why I think Henry didn't have any last night. Corey Davis barred it when he just <laughs> threw Kareem Jackson into the turf. Corey Davis has had explosive games before, then he disappears the next week, but... It's never been against a great defense, or at least a pretty good defense like Denver is. I think it's a sign that he's healthy. He had a turf toe injury last year, and it's also the contract year motivation. We declined his option. He's playing for his future money, so he's giving 110%, even though I know he was giving 100% last year. I'm rooting for the guy either way. It's like Conklin. Conklin earned his money. Davis looked good. Uh, It's going to be really interesting to see, like you said, if – he can follow up this with the whole season, but I, I credit him and, of course, our staff, I think, because it looked like he was in space, and I felt like we did uh, a lot of where we got a lot of different guys in space. Uh, been a Titans fan since the beginning, and it's really cool to see, John, us be one of those teams that kind of scheme up and, and do really smart stuff. Like you said, we really need a lot of guys in space. Tell, <laughs> Find me a better slot guy right now than, than Adam Humphreys. I mean, he yeah. is so clutch. Uh, we were talking last night. We watched this game together, John, and not to interrupt you, but uh, yeah. He's underrated how strong his hands are. He's so strong. And the guy, when it's in his area, I mean, the guy is so consistent. He never misses. Oh, for sure. And, you know, his biggest question, kind of like Davis, is his health, getting them on the field. Even though he didn't show up on the stat sheet last year, he was going 100%. We've used him at, we used him as an incredible blocker last year. If you, if you can give receivers an extra contract because of their blocking ability, then I think he'd be locked up. But obviously – you don't draft a guy number five overall to block. But Davis is poised for big things. Our receiving game, I, I love it. I love it. When you have A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys as your three, and then you've got you, you've got Johnny Smith as a tight end, and then you've got Easy E. We Eazy-E. saw a lot of Khalif Raymond last night. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you've got Easy E. Uh, I mean, Khalif Raymond. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he does look like Easy <laughs> so the context is, uh, John came over last night. This is a really late game, of course, for all of us. John comes over. He lives about 45 minutes from me. 
Landon has early class at University of Tennessee, so he couldn't come. Uh, I fall asleep at halftime. I don't remember choosing to fall asleep, and I woke up right as uh, kickoff for the third quarter. So thanks again, John, for uh, sort of uh, – because I joked about napping. It was just super late. But I, when you said uh, Khalif Raymond does look like Easy E, I'll never unsee that. But great job, Easy last night. Showed a lot of guts. Doesn't terrify me back there returning punts. I want him to fall forward and do all that. But Khalif Raymond is going to be a legitimate from scrimmage fourth guy. We're going to use him this season. Oh, for sure. I thought Ryan Tannehill looked really comfortable back there. Even when he made mistakes, he didn't make that. Uh, you know, he made that one mistake that he – Always seems to make every game. We they didn't capitalize on it. Um, didn't throw an interception. Two touchdowns. Is it me or did he just seem really comfortable back there last night? I would say he looked comfortable for the most part. He had a few uncharacteristic, just off accuracy throws that he was making last year. There was one to, I believe, AJ Brown, where it was just probably half a foot too far outside. Where last year he was hitting that consistently. So I think that could have just been rest. But I will say he would have had a surefire interception, but the former time Jarrell Casey batted down before Jesse Jewell could pick it off. So he he had his b- bad moments where Denver did confuse him. Vic Fangio is a good defensive coach, but no doubt overall in that environment when Henry had 100 yards, but you weren't really respecting him as far as what he was last year when Tannehill was really synergizing with the play action. To do that on the road week one with Rust, it was a pretty gutsy performance, I would say. And if that's it's, the baseline for him, or if that's the low end for him, then he's going to be really good. Landon, I'm, I'm glad. I, I, you know, I just want to point out one thing really quick too about last night. You said they weren't fearing Henry, and I think that is spot on. We saw Josie Jewell literally stop Henry in his tracks and all, deplete. He depleted him, and I, I don't think I've ever seen that. I think, you know, as much as we loved him when he was here, I think that's a credit to Jarrell Casey. I think he had these yeah. guys really prepped to face Derrick Henry. Yeah. And, and he had you know, two tips. He played oh, big time. Awesome. Big, good, he, good he, for Casey. And we expect nothing less, right? I mean, that's what Absolutely. we saw when he was here. And, you know, even when we had those terrible, terrible, terrible seasons, he was going 150% every yeah. single play. So I, I – Tip of the cap to to the Denver to the Broncos and to Jarrell Casey on being that kind of a leader and getting that team prepped and you know having them not really afraid to to try to you know step up in a hole and meet Derrick Henry because they did a couple times and it was something I haven't seen so that's such a good point I remember um, when we were watching on TV when they came out to play the Ravens they came down the tunnel and I remember telling you guys they're not afraid. They're not afraid of this team. They're not intimidated. You can tell. Casey and Jewel and, uh, of course, Kareem Jackson, who I'm ready to see retire. No offense. Uh, those guys are <laughs> not afraid of us. They were not afraid of Henry. Kudos to them. I've told you all before, um, I like Casey so much that I don't really have a second favorite team because uh, just all of my energy goes to the Titans. But I, I got no I got no issues with the Broncos. I think they played uh, not dirty, a straight-up game. And, uh, you know, I'm going to root for them to, to see them get in the playoffs. Speaking of that, I mean, what did you think of Drew Locke last night? And what do you think his NFL ceiling is? I would say as far as Locke goes, I think like Tannehill, I think that was probably going to be a low-end performance for him. His receivers had several drops, specifically Judy. and I told you boys about Judy. <laughs> okay, I will say he didn't have the best debut, but he looks like an all-pro until the ball touches his hands. I will say that. But his feet, his feet are incredible. 
gosh. If I had to hear one more story about Jerry Judy's route running, uh, God bless him. The kiddo needs to catch them all. But going back to Drew Locke, his receivers didn't help. His offensive line is going to be below average, I think, this season. Lindsey got hurt midway, and they only had Melvin Gordon. And, of course, Cortland Sutton, his number one receiver, is also out. And he's facing a veteran, heavy defense. Mike Brable's a good defensive coach. I thought he played pretty well first half. They were doing a lot with Fan and Melvin Gordon where they were just leaking into space and just having wide-open catch and runs. But Locke isn't the reason they lost that game. Their receivers couldn't get open against our secondary. And when they could, they just couldn't make the play. I think his ceiling is probably what Wentz was before he tore his ACL in his second year when he looked like an MVP caliber player where things are going right. You've got the receivers. You've got this big-bodied, strong-armed quarterback who will test and push the defense to its limits. And assuming he has the talent around him, can look like an MVP because his physical ability just forces the defense to be so uncomfortable. Guys, let's move away from the field a little bit, and we'll be back with you later in the week. We'll preview the Jags. Really excited about that matchup. Kevin Byard restructured. Mm. Landon, help us understand, like, is that just for room? Is there a move in mind? Is there an extension in mind? Uh, why, why do you think we added, what, $6 million to this year's cap? I think it has to be making a move because when you do that, you're essentially you're kicking the can down the road, so to speak. If we aren't making a move, why would we restructure? Why not just get the money out of the way now? You don't do that for nothing. You got something in mind. You have to. Yeah. I think it's offensive line help. Lawan had a scary moment when he was hurt, clutching his knee, but he turned out to be fine. He's back. But if Lawan goes out, we're in serious trouble. So I could see oh, them making sure. a push for an offensive lineman or two. I could also see, even though Gaskowski hit the game, I could see them maybe bringing in another kicker. At the same time, a kicker is going to cost $1 million, and we could afford that without yeah, the restructure. $6 million for a kicker. I think it's one of two things. Obviously, I think there are some areas we could address. Um, I, we didn't talk about it yet, but I'm so still upset about Rashawn Evans getting ejected. We could possibly be looking at some linebacker help because I, I love Will Compton, but when he got in there, he was not ready. He was not ready to play the rest of that game. And, you know, Evans got ejected in the first quarter. So Will Compton had to play three quarters of, of inside linebacker. And I don't, he was not ready for that. And we cannot afford, we're not going to be that playoff team that goes deep. If we don't have a backup for a backup, like it's just not going to work. So I think they're looking at somebody at, at middle linebacker to come in and help. I think that it could also be offensive line to back to bolster that position. Um, especially since Kelly didn't look like lights out and who knows what's happening with Isaiah Wilson. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> woof. Um, and then I also, it, it, it's very curious to me about our cornerbacks. You know, if a Dory Jackson, who knows what's going on with him, Chris Jackson played admirably and so did Fulton, but you know, you like to see some depth. The only other thing I could think of that they do, if it weren't to address those needs is maybe to lock up a guy like Jayon Brown and get that done before the, the season's over or maybe Johnu Smith or, you know, one of those guys that we've kind of talked about, or maybe it's, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe just to start working on a clowny extension. I don't know, but 
<laughs> Listen to him, man. Hey, man, know I know it's man. early, but I just want to, you know, kind of prepare for all things here. Uh, I mean, like I said, every Titans fan should be super excited about what Clowney brought to the the, yeah. the game last night and the physicality and the intensity. And I, you know, he, he outperformed my expectations. Uh, so I'm impressed. But um, I don't know. What he brings is ceiling and possibility for December, January. Yeah. I mean, he really does. I mean, we'll see. But at least there's that possibility. And that's what it was all about. And I think the $6 million, um, that they've um, created is about that, too. And I just like – I like that we're movers and shakers and always thinking. Uh, I just think it's awesome. Yeah. So that puts us what, right what, what, about $9 Because we had three, get another six. Yeah, nine to ten, and I think at that point that's pretty much what I would expect Jayon to get. But the only question is, why now when we could have done it in the off season? Unless we wanted to get Clowney first and then get Jayon. I mean, Jayon is so God, he's so important. He played a hundred percent of the defensive snaps last night, and he played twenty one percent of special team snaps. I mean, that says it right there the, of what they think of the guy. So I, it might be that. What jumped out at you? I, I love when we don't play on Sunday at noon because that means uh, we can watch Red Zone and Sunday Ticket and just get our fill of our fantasy teams, and then we just have the Titans all to ourselves. What was the big narrative that jumped out to you, Landon? I think the biggest narrative would probably be the quality of play was a lot cleaner than I expected. Things didn't seem that sloppy. There weren't a lot of busted and broken plays on defense. Penalties weren't too much too far out of control atmosphere was decent the crowd noise could definitely use some work you can tell at times that it's artificial and pumped in but just in the background when you're skipping through all the highlights you don't really pick it up it felt like a lot of games were close they were clean but it wasn't really much of gritty low scoring games or shootouts it was just consistent middle level scoring games throughout the league john what jumps out to you well, I've got one player in mind, but before I even go to that player, I just want to say props to the NFL. I mean, like Landon alluded to, to pull off what they did to have all 16 games in a couple of days and to have it all go off without, you know, without a hitch pretty much and players are staying safe. That is an incredible accomplishment. Yeah, I would say their test result record um, in the last month has been really impressive. I give all the credit to the players and and how they're obviously except one player, they right? They hold all this in their <laughs> hand, but the league and the players, just absolutely. Yeah, except one player, but we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I noticed, you know, because like you said, it's always great. You know, we love our Titans, but it's always kind of cool when we can sit back on Sunday and watch these other teams play. Russell Wilson is coming for that MVP. I mean, the yeah, guy oh just. My gosh. Is amazing. I mean, watching him play against the Falcons and you know make some of those throws, and I think he only had three incompletions. Uh, It was just a dude is I mean, it that's how the quarterback position needs to be played. That guy is just lights out. I wish this reality was like um, something I could control, like when I play Madden and I can turn injuries off. I would love (laughs) to. I would love to turn injuries off this season and see what Cam Newton can do in a Bill Belichick. Josh McDaniels offense and I knew he couldn't get injured because he's basically their quarterback and their fullback and the guy when you watch them Sunday was automatic on third and yep one. I mean absolutely they couldn't stop it was him. like Tebow at Florida automatic on third and one and uh I just hope that the guy 
I just want to see what they can do if he if he can stay healthy. Well, and the thing about Cam Newton that really impressed me too was the way he was riding out that play action fake. He was holding it in there in the running back stomach so long, and then pulling out at the last second or handing it off. I mean, the the defense couldn't figure out what to do, and it was just a thing of beauty. Well, you know from playing football that a guy that does that it has no fear. Oh of yeah. Being hit. Because because uh, you rush that ball out of their belly when you want to avoid whatever's coming. Oh, yeah. And Cam Newton has absolutely no fear. Yep. For real. I mean, but, uh, yep. There was a time not that long ago I didn't think this was going to happen. I didn't think we'd see the start of the season on time. And we got it. And these guys are continuing to test negative for COVID. And so uh, every Sunday is going to be basically my birthday. <laughs> I love it. I love this league. I love the good young players in this league. Um, I like the fact on we were talking and bragging on the league. I like the fact that the league walked back the kneeling thing. Uh, I don't love the kneeling because uh, I'm a like most people a patriot, but I think some of these guys that are kneeling are patriots. You know, uh, I'm patriotic. I think it came to that because those guys didn't have a voice the way the NBA had players had a voice. Uh, I don't want to get political. I don't want to get in doing that per se, but I just think the players feel more listened to. And that sort of went on without a hitch. Some nailed, some didn't. And I just think we need to get, you know, down to football and enjoy themselves. I, I was telling you, John, when you were over here, I took things for granted. Tears well up in my eyes when I thought last week about we go to every home game. We go to road games some. In Nashville, they always have somebody great play that national anthem. They do the flyover. It just gives me chills. And I'm, I'm really going to miss that. And uh, just to get to enjoy it with you guys on Sunday – uh, in front of the TV is enough. I, there's so many things in the last six months of my life that have helped me realize I took for granted. And uh, if football is not the most important thing in my life, but uh, just the camaraderie around it with you guys, I will never take it for granted. <laughs> I don't know. Football's pretty up there for me. But, I mean, you guys, you guys are also very, very important to me. And right. Yeah, but I, I would be lost if there were no football right now. Um, and I'm just so thrilled that we get to see it. And before, before we wrap up, can we please just talk about Andy Reid and how incredible he is? I mean, wearing that full face shield, there were so many incredible <laughs> memes about it where Patrick Mahomes was drawing up plays in the fog on his face shield while he was out there. I mean, <laughs> I love Andy Reid. And, you know, growing up in, in Pennsylvania and, you know, having Philadelphia fans everywhere, like that guy is a legend in, in you know, in, in the entire state of Pennsylvania. And for him being out there with that face shield on and not even, you know, acting like it's not even a big deal. I love that guy. The guy does his own thing. Another thing about this, we don't take ourselves as seriously as we used to. And I just, we just enjoy the heck out of it. <laughs> uh, they're going to be tough to beat. They're going to be really fun. Clyde Edwards-Zelaire, I, you know, I didn't get that pick, but uh, the guy's the perfect fit right now. Oh, absolutely. And what's scary is that he only had two targets and one of them. He got put into a body bag from Mahomes. They're the most dangerous offense in the NFL without him. They're the best passing team by far without him. And against the Texans, which immediately have a terrible defense, they just went ground to pound, control the clock, just with the rookie running back right out the gate. So they just have so many ways they can beat you where if you have a great pass defense, they'll just run the ball to death. And, of course, Mahomes, 200 yards through touchdowns. That was an average game by his performance. His average means blowing out a team by 30. It's obvious why people think they're the best team in football, why they have a good chance of repeating. 
they did what they needed to, and they didn't do anything above that. They didn't show their hand. They could have beat that team by 50, I think. Houston, I give the benefit of the doubt because they've won our division lately, and they have Deshaun Watson. I thought over the summer, and I know this made all of us mad, that Indianapolis got way too much credit. And I will admit I really enjoyed watching them. <laughs> I like Philip Rivers as a person, but uh, he had a noodle arm at the end of last season. And they gave him $25 million. I guess that means that he's supposed to be good. I hated that Marlon Mack was injured in that way. But that hurts them. We make a run. We're 34 minutes from the Super Bowl. Houston wins the division. Okay. And then all of a sudden, Indianapolis is, with a lot of people in the national media, the favorite in the AFC South. I don't see it. They're going to have to prove that to me. They do have talent. And then on the flip side, Jacksonville Jaguars, I saw picked all summer to be the worst team in the NFL. Doug Marone is not going to coach the worst team in the NFL. This is a guy that made Syracuse good again. I'm not saying that he's Tom Landry, but they're going to come out and play hard. And you saw that Sunday. And now they're sure as heck going to play hard on Sunday, and they're going to give us everything we want. The mustache has his limitations, but the guy is all possessed. Mm. And he's efficient, and he's smart. And they they have good skill position players, right, Lance? I think their skill positions are decent. I think their stats are a bit inflated with Minshew going 19 of 20 for three touchdowns, but Chark was really good, even though he saw limited targets. Heel and Cole. Yeah, I've been more Ch- Chark and Chenault and um, not skill position. I like their young defensive line. I mean, they, they have talent. No, I guess my point is I think they'll go 6-10 and 10 before they'll go 3-13. and 13. Yeah, I can see that. And C.J. Henderson, speaking of, he had an interception. I believe he made a game-saving play. Just for a rookie to do that right off the bat, I hate seeing it because they're a division rival, but... It's always good to see a young guy come in right away and look good. No, Nathan, I think you you said uh, like they have a pretty decent roster. Even though they shipped off a lot of people, they have a really good young core. I mean, you look at guys like Josh Allen, Miles Jack. Um, they've got Joe Schobert. They've got Caleb on Chase on. We saw him in the draft. They've got some good players. And Landon, like you you mentioned, their receivers are these fast guys that honestly they terrify me. Like with DJ Chark, and I think uh, LaVisca Chenault is going to be a really good pro. He has the – we saw it on Sunday. He has the ability to get behind guys and get these big, huge runs. They can be dangerous. And, you know, Nathan, you mentioned with uh, Minshew, he's not afraid of anybody. He's going to go out there and rip it. He is limited, but he is not afraid, and he is going to make it very interesting. You know, I'm not as worried about him in Week 14. There's tape on him. He has physical limitations. But in week two, the guy yeah, can be hell on with For real. So we're going to have our hands full Sunday. Uh, you better believe that. Guys, this has been great. Great to be back with you. We'll be back in a, hopefully a few days. We're going to preview the Jags. So great to have football back. Fellas, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.